I always tell people, you know, there's extreme ownership, right? Extreme ownership, understanding that everything in life is a choice. Mm-hmm. And there's, I'm all about energy, by the way, like low energy, high energy, all this stuff. There's only two types of energies available to us, fear and love. And how we choose to respond to those choices. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. I have a special guest in the office today of all places. We're not in the studio. We're not doing virtual. We set it up in the office just to change it up a little bit. Uh, Jocelyn Stahoviak is the CEO at Game Changer Academy. She's the podcast host for the CEO athlete as well. Jocelyn, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Okay, so we're in San Antonio right now. You were introduced to me by Brie Logue, who's in my network, who's a fantastic human being, and she's always looking out for us, uh, getting us podcast guests and stuff like that. And so did you grow up in San Antonio, or did you end up here? I know that you don't actually live here full-time, right? Actually, just moving back to San Antonio and going to Austin, so I'm always living somewhere else. <laughs> I feel like I have a nomad life. So like I grew up a military child. So oh, okay. I always so blame it, it on that. You know, I just like to travel and live everywhere. Uh-huh. But my family does live here in San Antonio. So I do consider Texas home. Nice. And um, currently I'm in Arizona. But okay. like I said, I'm just going to move to Austin. Yeah, I thought you had said that. And then I saw San Angelo, but I saw it was San Angelo, Texas. That's where you went to school, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Got my degrees and all that there. Yeah. (laughs) So was this always the plan to be in the coaching space, or did you have other plans when you went to school? Honestly, I just knew it was going to be health and fitness because that was my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, And after, actually, after I graduated college, I ended up moving to South America, and I was just like, I'm just going to live here for a while. And then I discovered my love for people, and I just really enjoy helping people. I came back, and I tried the whole personal training thing for a while. Absolutely Mm -hmm. hated it. Um, For me, that is, because for me, I felt like it was only tackling one side of the puzzle, Mm -hmm. that there is also the mindset, there's also the nutrition that comes into play, and and everything else that in between, right? So Mm -hmm. I... I'm about giving people full transformations, not just transforming their body, but transforming their life. Okay. And a lot of that involves some getting into the deep shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's real. I mean, yeah. you know, I have, when, when my clients come to me, they need help recruiting, building sales teams, right? And what ends up happening is through the evolution of our relationship, then it goes into, okay, your business operations are all out of whack you know, we need to get these things in order. So I give them some referrals or set them up with things like 90.io to organize their business. And then some of those clients have turned into like fractional CSO positions, right? Mm -hmm. And it feels like I'm a coach now. It really does because half the call is, sure, it's about the sales team, the numbers, all that good stuff. The other half of the call is about getting them out out of their comfort zone, you know, which is like the hardest thing for a lot of these guys, and, it, and it's crazy to me because I have one client that he do, he literally does door-to-door sales. So think yeah. about it. You're out of your comfort zone every time you knock on a door, right? Yeah. And so 
he's having a hard time starting a podcast. And I have been on him. I'm like, you need to get this done. It's one of your goals for this year. Half the year's over. Haven't done it yet. But he's just like imposter syndrome with it. And I'm like, dude, you literally like make shit up for a living. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you go door to door. But anyways. I think it's important that um, you also feel called to do it. Because mm-hmm. for me, I, I do like to coach. I have a whole system and roadmap in which I take someone from a place where they're like, um, you know, just going through the motions throughout the day, mm-hmm. bringing them to a high energetic state, inevitably getting into my high-level program, which is called the CEO Athlete, mm-hmm. where I help create leaders in the way that I see leadership being done correctly, right. which is like servant leadership, making it about the people. Because, you know, people can be your your biggest problem, but also your greatest solution. And when you build a really strong team and you put people first, mm-hmm. it it answers all these problems. But I also think that learning how to navigate through your heart versus your head mm-hmm. is important. And by that, I mean, um, I guess you could say like your intuition, mm-hmm. but it's more um, it's more intelligent than that. It's learning how to drop into your heart and going towards what you feel called to do. For example, I've been wanting to do a podcast myself yeah. for years, but I never felt called to do it. And then one day, I felt it. I was like, I want to do this. And mm-hmm. I willed it into existence because then a production team reached out to me the following week, and they pitched the idea to me, and we started collaborating on it. And yeah. now... I released the CEO athlete and it's doing exceptionally well. It's exclusively on YouTube, right? Yes, okay. and it actually hit uh, top ten percent on YouTube Beautiful. in less than twenty four hours of launching. Nice. So, I was so just like, you got to walk me through the strategy there because we're everywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I I haven't heard of this strategy yet. I know YouTube just added the the YouTube page like mm-hmm. six months ago or something like that. Or I'm sorry, the podcast page. Yes. Like six months ago, but. I, you know, when I first started, I hired a podcasting consultant, right? This was uh, 14, 15 months ago, right? And um, he was like, no YouTube. Of course, we still did it, right? Because <laughs> so, we had a good video yeah. element. But anyways. I think if uh, you have that, mm-hmm. then definitely do YouTube. Yeah. 100%. My whole thing is it, it can't hurt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. It also gives you authority uh-huh. in a different kind of way because when people are watching you and, you know, you make the little shorts and you, like, right. post them, people see that and they're like, mm-hmm. wow, look at this person. I um, I posted one short from, I think it was, like, last week, and I ended up gaining on Facebook, uh, like, almost 500 followers of nice. the night. And then on Instagram, I gained, like, 13K. And, Damn. Yeah. So video <laughs> is where it's at, definitely. Yeah, I've... <laughs> I have been consistently, and so this is, you know, I'm curious about this. Well, first, let's get back to the YouTube thing. Yeah. What is the strategy behind being exclusive on YouTube? Um, for me, I mean, I'm partially still figuring it out. Okay. But what's yeah. working for me is um, using my social media to promote the, the release of it. I use Facebook communities to um, give them exclusives from the show, let them know when it's going to release beforehand. Mm -hmm. I also have built a very solid organic following over the past three years with my coaching company. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people share my things. A lot of people support my vision because they've been following me for years. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the best strategy is to be totally authentic to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's almost like, I don't want to be like the best strategy is no strategy, but like the strategies are important, but being true to your audience, not trying to have that facade and being like completely open with them Mm -hmm. is, is really important. I mean, when it comes to the promotion cycle, I always make sure like when I post a little short, I do it like twice a week and I link the the channel and everything. And, and usually I get a good bump of views whenever I do that. But, um, that's as much as I have so far, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. I mean, we've been figuring it out for a while now. It, how long has it been? Yeah, and then Monday we'll record episode 200. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're doing three a week. And so I, I was doing one a week, and then I saw my numbers come out. And this is this is pure competition, yeah. right? So uh, my... One of my mentors and coaches, uh, Mike Claudio, he, he's got a podcast out, and he posted, you know, hey, this isn't for vanity. I'm not here to brag or whatever. I just want to show you what's possible. If my boring, you know what, can get mm-hmm. this many downloads, so can you kind of thing, right? And uh, I saw his downloads, and then in competition turned on, and I'm like, the only way I'm going to catch this guy is if I put out three episodes a week. You know, yeah. he had been doing it for years already, you know? I was like, I want to catch his monthly number. His monthly number is like 10,000 or something like that. And I think it's important to use other people's audience, too. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. Um, that's what we're doing. We're trading podcasts, right? Yeah, and like giving each other marketing material, like the little shorts. Like when I have I send a bunch of those to mm-hmm. anyone who's been on my podcast, they love it because the yep. aesthetics of the podcast are really nice. They're promoting it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they believe in the vision, too. I make sure that the guests say hand select them personally to make sure that they are they're not just like I'm trying to bring whoever on you know right yeah absolutely especially in the beginning I really did bring nothing but sales experts you know but then that list got short fast you know and what I realized is okay I can open this up to entrepreneurs in general Mm -hmm. because they all have a sales aspect to their business you know yeah and so for you you obviously can get the eyes on you that's not difficult for you you know what I mean and so you have all these followers how are you turning them into clients so in regards to my my coaching program so Mm -hmm. what I am doing is I what's been working for me because I I have changed a lot in my company Um, I corrected a big misalignment in, in my life of who I was serving and how I was serving them and I changed that, and I actually experienced a, a very big divot, and mm-hmm. I got to come face-to-face with a great fear of mine, which is money and the security yeah. that it gives me, because as I was changing who I was focusing on, because now I coach men specifically, mm-hmm. um, you know, not bring the ones that were in my program, some of them I didn't allow to sign back on, right. not because I'm saying, like, I am so great or anything I like that. I don't need them. It's, it's more along the lines of I feel like there's a better coach out there for them and mm-hmm. I'm not serving them uh, to the best of my abilities because I don't have those abilities to serve that specific type of person. Right. Um, but now I'm seeing a, a great increase. I've signed on like eight clients in four weeks. Nice. And, and the reason I think that this is going on the uptrend is because I am learning how to follow, uh, follow my heart. Yeah, so um, really, for me, it's about creating very authentic marketing material. It's about uh, the posts, the videos, everything I share. It's extremely true to me. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, you know, there's, 
extreme ownership, right? Extreme ownership, understanding that everything in life is a choice. Mm-hmm. And there's, I'm all about energy, by the way, like low energy, high energy, all this stuff. There's only two types of energies available to us, fear and love. And how we choose to respond to those choices. You know, for me, it's, um, you know, if I'm looking at a client or looking at someone who's applying for the program, mm-hmm. I, I ask myself, I go through the process of signing them on, the interview process, and I, I learn how to drop into my heart and understand if I'm signing them on based out of fear because I need the money or something like that or I want yeah. the money or if I'm signing them on because I truly believe that I can help them. Mm-hmm. Making sure that you're staying extremely authentic to yourself. People see that and your ability to serve people is much more powerful. And I get a lot of referrals too because of that. Yeah. So. No, I, I believe in that 100%. From a marketing standpoint, you know, you're niching, which is, I, I feel like is incredibly important. It's gonna make your business move a little slower, but you're gonna have less turnover. And you're going to be super focused on one avatar, you know, which is massive because they all have the same problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're going to be you're going to become over time an expert in those problems, not just like an expert in the problem itself, but an expert in how to get men that are CEOs to solve those problems. Yeah, and you know it's much saying? more sustainable. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at going about business, trying to make a lot of money really quickly, or if you're looking for the sustainable approach, mm-hmm. that right there is an example of living based out of this fear-based energy or love-based energy because fear is quick, it's jolting, it's immediate reward, immediate consequence. Yeah. Love is, you don't see the reward right at the beginning, but it's slow and it grows. Mm-hmm. So creating a business that is sustainable, it only continues to grow larger and larger over the years. Yeah, and like all things, you know, you're going to go through some struggle and some challenge if you're doing it the right way, you know? And you're in alignment because, uh, you know what, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I have what I believe, but you know, we have the same apex called the force of average, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're doing something really big and that's going to have a high impact, the force of average is going to do everything it can to stop you, you know, mm-hmm. is because it wants you to bring down, bring you down to the average of everybody else. So if you're going to make a huge impact, you're going to have huge challenges on the way. And you're also challenging the status quo, you know, yeah. it's not. You know, like if I were to hire a trainer or if I were to hire a coach, I, I wouldn't immediately go to a woman, right? Because that's a stigma that's in my mind from being in Texas for, mm-hmm. you know, 37 years and being a business owner and being a man, right? Um, so you have to basically change that stigma. So what are some of the things that you're doing in order to overcome that piece? So now we're getting some of the woo-woo talk here. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, I, I believe that if we're looking at masculine, feminine energy, mm-hmm. I don't help every kind of man. I help uh, a masculine core individual. This could be men or women, because you could be a masculine core woman. Right. But um, you know, when someone goes through, through pain, through trauma, mm-hmm. they have two responses, and they can either become the victim, become a doormat, right? Mm-hmm. Or for a man, they might become all macho or machismo they call it yeah. here right and um the type of person i help is the one who becomes super macho mm-hmm. because feminine energy it's, it's very healing and the space that i create for my clients is a place where they can drop these walls that they built up around their heart mm-hmm. and allow themselves to heal 
And also, I do a lot of inner child work, so learning how to enjoy life, fulfillment, bringing out that little boy inside, mm-hmm. and allowing them to just be excited again and not be so serious. I always say, like, it doesn't need to be serious in order for it to be significant. And I truly believe that. I think that life is meant to be really, really fun mm-hmm. and very fulfilling and just following your heart's passion because when you really become so authentic to your core and you do the work mm-hmm. and uh, by the work, I, it sounded something similar to what you're talking about, like the trials and tribulations. Right. And it's essentially like, I like to say it's like a video game mm-hmm. and your fears, limitations, all these things that set you down or make you feel like you're having a setback or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. It's like a boss in the video game. In the beginning, they're easy, and they keep getting harder and harder. But each time you beat one of those bosses, you level up. Yeah. You step into a new way of being. And that's because you're getting deeper and deeper into the shit that's mm-hmm. holding you back. So, of course, of course it's going to be yeah, hard. But harder. understanding that that's part of the process because your business is only going to expand to the level at which you expand yourself. So always growing yourself is important. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So you talked about energy. You talked about the woo-woo stuff, right? Which it's it, it's funny you're saying that because when you look at you know conventional success or traditional success, right? Mm-hmm. It's around money and business success, right? In the in the circles that we run in, eventually you find out, okay, this person meditates. You know, this person practices affirmation. This person never misses, you know, wakes up at 4 a.m. and they're in the gym every day. Mm-hmm. It all goes back to this mindset, you know, and more of the woo-woo stuff, you know what I'm saying, yeah. as you can say. So, I like you know, to say there's, there's four areas in which we produce energy. That's my next question. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm reading your mind. Yeah. Okay. So there's four areas in which we produce energy, going from a low energetic state to a very high energetic state where you're like, One's doing like everything, right? right. Um, it's nutrition, fitness, mindset, and connection. Connections being your relationship with yourself, with others, and your spiritual relationship. When you learn how to, I guess, level these up, then what happens is your energy increases. And when your energy increases, your bandwidth increases. You're able to do a lot more than you ever thought was possible. Mm-hmm. And when that increases, things start to feel effortless. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, the difference from going from great to excellent, you know, really dialing in on your personal growth to such a minute level to like language, things like that. Yeah. Um, you're able to slow down the feeling of time. And when the when time slows down and you're doing everything, every single day feels like when you're a kid going to an amusement park. It's just so exciting. Like every minute passes by like an hour. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's... You know, and, and I saw the short where you talked about that or the video where you talked about that, and I was like, that needs to be displayed somewhere. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and that's uh, why I have my, my podcast, The CEO Athlete, because I'm highlighting people who are doing business this way because you're totally right. Like, every, a lot of people, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people nowadays are money, money, money. Mm-hmm. Let me get to the top. Let me work really hard and yeah. not enjoy life until I get there. And, you know, one day I'll get there. And if you do it that way, then you're going to be dead as fuck on the top. Yeah. You know, you're going to be so hollow. Um, but highlighting the people who are 
putting people first. Mm-hmm. We're seeing people as the solution, not the problem. And enjoying life completely. Enjoying the process, this journey mm-hmm. to success. So, you know, I can see why, you know, male CEOs would, would hire you. And especially if you explain it that way, you know, the, the four concepts of energy and that your bandwidth is going to increase because in their mind, that's productive, yeah. you know. And it's not just, oh, I'm going to have washboard abs, you know. It's yeah. like <laughs> that only goes, that motivation is very short, right? Uh, for some of us anyways, myself included. <laughs> but anyways, uh, but when you say you can increase your bandwidth, I feel like that's a trigger word in a good way. Yeah. You know what I mean? That um, would the really... hot topic, right? I mean, like bandwidth. <laughs> I mean, seriously, though, because yeah. that's what we feel, as, you know, as men, as owner of businesses, like we don't have enough time, we don't have enough energy, you know, and we're always sacrificing somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Now, but if you tell me I can increase my bandwidth if I raise my energy in those four areas, then now there's a solution to my problem. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think that's going to be a huge selling point of your, your business for sure. Yeah, I'm actually coming out with another project that I'm going to be doing okay. probably in the next couple of months. I'm going to start holding men's retreats as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I've been on a few, and, um, you know, it's just different when you're yeah. able to disconnect like that. And you know, hey, I'm here for me. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I'm going to do the check-in with the wife before I go to bed and the kids and everything, but they understand that this is, you know, dad's time away right yeah which you know as you get older you do less and less of you know it's funny you were talking about bringing out the inner child Mm -hmm. because uh so i think i told you through facebook messenger my wife and i we got divorced and then we reconciled right Uh so there was about four years in between um the separation Mm -hmm. and the reconcile it was like i had 50 percent of time just to myself because we were uh, 50 50 custody with the kids right and so I did. I played rugby. I played basketball. Like, I got to do all these things that I never had time for in the past, you know. And then now that we're back together and we have the full family obligations and it's like her family and my family and everything else, you know what I mean? Those have reduced, you know. It's just part of life. So I Can't think it's you a, figure out a way to do that? Like, maybe even involve your family within it, like your children, and, like, mm-hmm. you play sports with them? Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is, like, you know, my daughter's in basketball now, yeah. my son's in baseball, so that's that's kind of not replaced it, but um, supplemented it. Yeah. But we, you know, whenever we go and just play basketball, like, me and the kids, that's that's it right there. My inner child yeah. gets to come out. I never let them win, by the way, <laughs> never. That way when they beat me, it's going to be this massive accomplishment, yeah. you know? I think the beautiful thing of having children is it makes releasing your inner child so much easier because you're able to drop down to their level mm-hmm. and just play. And that's really what it is. It's just playing more. Yeah. And by doing this, like for me, it's something as simple as just dancing. Like whenever I'm in the car, like I go all out and I dance. Like I'm at the, <laughs> I'm at the street light and I'm dancing. But Forget about the wheel. You don't need that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I got the little thing where you press the button and it kind of drives itself. Mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> but, yeah, and then, like, wherever I go, I'll just bring the energy with me. Whenever I'm at streetlights, I, I swear, like, 50% of the time, everyone in the cars next to me end up dancing with me. I'm like, oh, great. You know, I just brought some light to their day. You know, this mm-hmm. might have been something that uh, impacted their day. They might have had a bad day. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, like, Learning how to bring out your inner child 
is also the ability to just spread love wherever mm-hmm. you go. Because, you know, in this world today, there's so much fear-based energy. People yeah. are building their businesses this way. They're doing leadership this way. And, and we see the divide that's coming in this country. Mm-hmm. And by creating more leaders and giving permission, especially for men, to step into their inner child, because sometimes they need permission to do that and to learn how to just, lo- like, loving leadership. Mm-hmm. That is what this nation needs, in my opinion. That is what will bring the shift in in this country. So um, now I'm going to like a whole like big vision here, but I'm very passionate around the work that I do. So yeah. No, I love that. So what do you think? Uh, okay, I'll be let coaching me ha- big leaders one day. What's that? I'll be coaching the leaders of this. There country you go. One day. There you go. I already know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just so we can give a, a small piece of advice for our salespeople, right? Mm-hmm. So when you look at a six-figure and above salesperson, typically they're working about 50 hours a week. They may or may not have a family, right? Um, Their job when they're on, I mean, is like high pressure, right? They're using all of their brain in order to close these deals and to make sure that they're... The hardest thing with, I feel like, humans is communication, right? Mm -hmm. And so a salesperson's job all day is communication, Communication of solution to problems, communication of identifying pain points, you know. And so it's it's one of the more mentally taxing positions in my mind, and I've done a lot of different things, right? So knowing all that, what's something easy that salespeople can do to kind of reset a little bit and, get, and be able to give 100% the next day when they're burnt out from four days in a row of... Okay. High intensity sales. Um, I would say that I know that when someone is very stressed and they're kind of like on this autopilot mm-hmm. mode, that they're not allowing themselves to feel. They're just kind of numbing out. That's fair. And I believe that emotions, the good and the bad ones, energy and emotion, mm-hmm. you're holding that in, you're bottling that in, it's only going to build until it just bursts one day and comes out um, either you get like super depressed or maybe you have like a rage fit however that comes out um, I think it's important to allow yourself to to feel whatever you're feeling like if you're having a day that um, you're highly stressed like allow yourself to to sit with those emotions allow that to pass through your body mm-hmm. um, because on the other side of that comes a lot of relaxation and clarity and sometimes that looks like if you really like the more you do it the easier it is to process these Mm -hmm. emotions and sometimes that will manifest in tears or screaming or whatever that is yeah allow yourself to do it um i love screaming (laughs) (laughs) as well you don't hear that much yeah (laughs) no i get at least not openly right but anyways um (laughs) Yeah, I, I love it because it feels like I'm literally releasing this buildup that's inside yeah. of me. And I feel it coming out, and then comes a, a bliss after, and usually a lot of clarity in anything that I have questioned around. Um, but also, I will say with the sales, because I, I, lo- I personally love sales, mm-hmm. and I've noticed what has helped me and my sales and actually really enjoy them is actually understanding masculine and feminine energy. I don't think many people look into that. Mm-hmm. And the more that I've researched that, the easier it is to 
to do sales because if you learn how to tap into your masculine and feminine energy, you are like, you have like this superpower because the feminine energy is healing, the masculine mm -hmm. energy evokes change. Right. So if you could be on a sales call and know, hey, when do I need to like show this person love and yeah. and when do I need to like tell them what's up and like just Assertive. evoke change, like it's like, how do I explain? It's like, I don't want to say like you're like the puppet master, but it's kind of like you're like the puppet master. 100%. Yeah. And you see exactly where it's going. So, um, you know, we have a lot of different psychological tools we use in door-to-door -door sales, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, one big one, and I'll send you the, you know, this is something that I just give away. It's called a sales toolkit. Okay. It teaches you how to structure a sale. But one of the pieces of it is it teaches you how to sell the way customers want to buy. So there's four different personality types, right? The fighter, the detective, the counselor, and the entertainer. And so what you're talking about right now is very in alignment with that because the fighter needs a almost a feminine energy, but it's more fact-based, mm -hmm. you know? So the detective sells the fighter really well, right? Yeah. And then the entertainer, they need a counselor. So they need a fem feminine energy, which is going to listen to them, which is going to receive what they're saying. And so that those things go hand in hand so you're you're a hundred percent on the right track you said the entertainer the fighter the what counselor and the detective counselor and detective and you can imagine what each one is you know fighter is definitely masculine energy so of course it needs feminine energy mm -hmm. the entertainer it was like the detective and what else and counselor counselor is definitely feminine and needs masculine and then detective might be masculine, needs feminine, and yeah, yeah, makes sense. I think the entertainer and the detective could go either way because, yeah. you know, I, I don't know that that's a certain type of energy telling stories. You know what I'm saying? Is that the storyteller is the entertainer, essentially? Yeah, I think I feel as if that is, I don't know. That's a tough yeah, one, right? That's a yeah. tough one. It's just a, dissecting it a little yeah. further. But, I mean, yeah, if salespeople could learn masculine and feminine energy alone, they're going to be in good shape. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that. Yeah, it's that. like you could predict what what does this person need right now in mm -hmm. order for me to evoke change mm -hmm. in the direction that we're going here. Yeah, the the thing about detectives with fighters is detectives don't get emotional. They're fact-based, they're information-based, and they're indifferent. Mm -hmm. So it's like no big deal, you know? Oh, the, the entertainer is definitely a feminine then. Okay. Yeah. That makes I would sense. Say that. Yeah, and so... Um, you know, fighters have to be in control of the conversation at first. But the thing is, if you if you give them that, you know, maybe some of that feminine energy, let them, you know, throw their fit or whatever it's going to be yeah. in the beginning because you're bothering them on the phone or at their door, whatever the case is, and then you hit them with the facts after they get all that out. Yeah. Now they're actually listening versus just trying to fight you, you know. And so oftentimes it's our our wall that we put up is the actual personality. And then once that wall comes down, the real us comes out mm -hmm. and it turns out that fighter was an entertainer, you know what I mean? Or that counselor was a detective, you know, whatever the case is. So it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool training uh, that I learned like 10 plus years ago. Mm. Um, okay. So how do, how does someone identify your client? My client? Mm-hmm. So, like you've got your avatar dialed in now. So we yeah. know male, CEO, 
What are some of the... It doesn't always have to be a CEO. It could okay. be a, yeah, a yeah. business owner because I have a process that takes someone... I meet them where they're at along mm-hmm. the roadmap. So they might be here or they might be here or they might be here, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but really someone who... Is, it's typically a male, someone who mm-hmm. has a lot of core masculine. So like sometimes people will say, oh, I'm masculine, but I also have like feminine. Like they, they could feel that within themselves. I always ask them, all right, when you're intimate... Are you feminine or masculine? Oh, that doesn't lie. Yeah, that's, I was gonna say. Yeah, that's where your like core no is. guy is gonna say he's got feminine energy. <laughs> I don't Some think. Some guys like you know <laughs> are open They about like it. the woman to take charge. You yeah. know, so like he might be a, a feminine core individual. Mm-hmm. Some people they they switch it around and there's a balanced as well. Yeah. But most people are either feminine or masculine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, your your sexual energy essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I work with those type of people, uh, the masculine. Typically the person who has built up, has hardened their heart because of whatever has happened in their life. Mm-hmm. And now they're just like on autopilot every day. Yeah. They don't feel excited for the day. Um, maybe they have a, like a lack of mission or mm-hmm. there's something that they feel that needs to be done. They don't know how to achieve it. Something like that. They're just like in this place of just like drifting through life and they're not excited but they're not uncomfortable either mm-hmm. i take that person and i bring them to what i call like absolute freedom in their life you know freedom mentally and physically freedom from like health like disease all those yeah. and that's why i am carnivore because I, I do believe it's very deeply healing mm-hmm. and then um let me ask you this yeah. on, on that subject yeah. i'm gonna go sideways here a yeah, little bit because i I am very much of the mindset that you can convince anybody of anything uh-huh. in the sense of like, you see these documentaries out here and there's a documentary on, um, darn it, what is it called? They did it with a bunch of athletes and it was like uh, plant-based athletes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And kind of their test results against athletes that ate meat, you know, and that whole deal. And... So the, the whole documentary was on that. And then there's a carnivore documentary. And, like, you watch both, and by the end of both, you're like, well, yeah, maybe I should eat plants. You know what I'm saying? I would always say just check your research. See who's creating but, the documentary. Because uh-huh. a lot of these documentaries are funded yeah. by research that's heavily one-sided, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So making sure – and that goes for any research. I Even with carnivore, like, I don't try to convince people – to mm-hmm. to become carnivore i just show them what i know yeah and i like to let them make their own decision i'm even going so much so i'm even going to have my carnivore specialist come on my podcast as well as a good vegan coach friend right. that i have travis what travis no somebody else oh, okay well, travis is vegan yeah yeah uh, but this one he's like very heavily into the vegan movement i got you like, uh travis he is talking about he does it for like spiritual purposes i'm like okay but yeah this one he like he knows the he, science behind yeah, it. Yeah, he knows yeah. the science behind it. So I'm going to have both of them come on, and we're going to have a healthy debate. Mm-hmm. And the goal there is to let the audience decide what is right for them, because oftentimes, you know, even with documentaries, it's very one-sided, very one-sided. Yeah. There needs to be a place where all the information is brought together. Well, and are both those guests emotionally mature enough to have that Oh, absolutely. Debate? Okay, yeah. yeah. That's I the have important them on part, if, you know? Because I see some of this stuff, you know, on social media. And yeah. Then, 
you know, and, and the biggest one is like the, the high ticket political issues and like immediately you can see their whole energy change and they turn into a child basically where it's just yeah. like, now I'm just going to call you names and make lump you in with this whole group of people that believe this one thing. And it's like, this is not productive. You know yeah. what I mean? For me personally, I always say I'm a scientist first. Yeah. So just, I don't feel attached to food or anything like that. Right. I, I like to follow the science. I'm like, if it sounds right then I'm going to go for that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to identify with it completely like that because yeah. I think when you make that your identity, then whenever someone brings any kind of information to you, mm-hmm. you take that as a personal attack. Like, ah, you're attacking yeah. my character. Of course right. I'm going to respond out of emotion, fear yeah. and emotion. Yeah. So I'm just like, bring me the science. I'll do my, like, bring it to my knowledge. Yeah. And I'll, and also I tell people like, cause if they're going to show me, like, science for, you know, promoting vegan, I also want to hear your rebuttal on why it's not working carnivore. Like, just don't show me, like, all these facts on vegan. Right. I need to see one, both one sides. And that you've actually looked at both sides instead of just looking at cherry-picking data. Yeah, most people start from it becoming their identity, and then yeah. they do research to defend it. But that's the yeah. only thing they've ever done. You know exactly. What I mean? It goes the other way around. <laughs> So that brings up a good point. What you were saying is like, you know, once you try and see how you feel, right? Mm -hmm. And so a piece of advice that I've been giving out a lot is kind of anti-advice. And, you know, I had a a friend of mine, high-level entrepreneur, he's having his first kid. And he reached out to me and he's like, any advice for a new dad? And I was like, yeah, don't take anybody's advice. (laughs) Because, well, and this goes into my next question, right? So, So I... I do. I feel like there's a lot of variables with kids, right? And so I have my older son who is, he's, he's the quintessential middle child. You know what I mean? He's the troublemaker. He mm-hmm. pushes everybody to their limits. You know what I mean? And then I have my younger son who um, toes the line. He's going to be a firefighter or a policeman someday because he loves rules and he loves to enforce them. Mm-hmm. And he will let you know if you break them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's like I've got these two different kids. I can't parent them the same. And, I, and I'm talking about, like, the discipline all the way to, you know, how they eat. You know, it's funny. Uh, we were talking about the yellow dye, yeah. the drink. My kids can't have that drink because my middle son, yellow dye makes them crazy, you yeah. know? And, again, my next question was going to be, you know, a lot of people are talking about the gut biome now mm-hmm. and how different people need different foods and need to avoid other foods, you know? Uh, Bree and Kai did that, and they found out some things about things that they shouldn't be eating that wasn't good for their gut. And so when we talk about these different diets and stuff like that, I mean, isn't, isn't it pretty obvious that we're all kind of built differently and we should listen to our bodies, to, in a sense, and decide for ourselves what's best for our bodies? You know, outside of, like, the scientific parts of nutrition, like yeah. I'm... I, I may love the taste of cake every day, but I yeah. think I'm lying to myself if I say I feel great after I eat it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you've got to have uh, be a scientist first, right? Yeah. And um, I like to look at the human being as a species, like any animal. Okay. And if you look at the animals in the zoo, why do they tell you not to feed the animals? Because when they eat outside of their species-specific diet, mm-hmm. they actually gain diseases like diabetes, uh, heart failure, okay. human diseases. So if we're looking at the human being as a species, what have we been eating for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years? Mm-hmm. 
you know, our bodies evolved for meat. Right. Everything in our body from the acidity in our stomach to mm-hmm. the shape of our intestines yeah. is all designed to digest meat. And then occasional fruit that we would find, right? Yeah. And occasional honey yeah. that we would find. And for some people, like, they, they can't digest certain fruits. And, and that's right. where that kind of uh, variable kind of comes in. Everyone's a little bit different. There's a little bit different sensitivities there. There's some a- people can't do dairy, and, yeah. and that makes sense. Um, but I do believe, generally speaking, that we are all supposed to eat meat. I mean, it's essential. Mm-hmm. Carbs are not essential. Yeah. an essential macronutrient mm-hmm. fat and meat are essential that makes a ton of sense and when when i think when we talk about the gut biome now you know the only reason that that is even an issue now like you know lactose intolerant or um see that one gluten you know gluten allergy or whatever they call it now it's like yeah we've been eating processed foods for 100 years now you know what i'm saying and so I think about 80, actually more like 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't quote me. I think it's like 40 or 80. Whenever World War II was, because that's when processed foods were invented. Yeah, that makes sense. And actually after that and after we were bringing processed foods, that's when we started seeing diabetes numbers increase. That's yeah. when we actually started seeing it show in children. Mm-hmm. It never used to be in children before World War II. Yeah. And the, the increase of processed food. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. One of the best pieces of advice I got from another, from a personal trainer was um, just eat whole foods. Yeah. You know? Really. And obviously meat was a part of that, but just eat whole foods, stop eating processed foods, stop eating out, stop eating packaged foods, you know? And we do our best. I think the only thing that we eat that's packaged is crackers and like the peanut butter crackers, you yeah. know, and cheese crackers and stuff and like that. Sometimes those kids, like, you know, <laughs> they're going to get what they want either way. But so. man, like fruit's yeah. expensive, you know, like I got three kids, like yeah. I'll get 20 oranges at the beginning of the week and they'll be gone by Wednesday. Really? You know, which is, which is great. You yeah. know what I mean? Outside of growing oranges in my backyard, like it can't get better than that when they crave, you know, fruit and whole foods, you know, mm-hmm. just because we don't have the other stuff in our house. Now, there is a problem right now, though. My daughter's gotten into baking. Okay. So, like, in the last week, I've had <laughs> cake, brownies, and homemade whipped cream in my house. You know, and I'm like, I'm not... That would that. be a tough one for me, too. Yeah, I'm not, exactly. I'm not, not going to lie. I'm, That's really... My, <laughs> my brothers like to bake, so whenever I come to San Antonio and I, yeah. I see them and I, like, stay with them, mm-hmm. yeah, it's always fresh. Yeah. Fresh baked goods. Yeah, and, and like, it's whole food. You know, so. today. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But so, my body does suffer too. Mm-hmm. I feel it. So right now, um, your business is one to one essentially. Like you bring on clients, you're the one that services them. I know you have a team, like you have a nutritionist, you have other people mm-hmm. that support, but at the end of the day, you're the face of the company. Absolutely, yeah. So I guess do you have any long term plans? Like what's next for you and the CEO athlete? Oh, the men's retreats. That's okay. my next uh, thing, and that's... That's the one to many. That's what I'm feeling called to okay. here recently, and it's coming about, like, really fast. Mm-hmm. It was it was crazy, because, like, uh, when it came to me, I was like, oh, I'm supposed to do this. Like, um, maybe, like, next summer, like, when things yeah. warm up again. And then this individual came into my life, and it just clicked. I'm like, oh, I guess we're going to do it in the next couple of months. I'm like, that's kind of cool. That's awesome. But that's what I, I believe when you... Um, 
align yourself. You correct a lot of misalignments in your life, and you align yourself to your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, things just start coming to you really quickly. Yeah. And just taking it and, and rolling with it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, extremely exciting. It's an exciting life for sure. But that's the, the next thing that I'm working towards, other than just obviously continuing my podcast building that with the podcast what i like to do is i'll do it in a cycle so i don't shoot all year round i just go really hard for a couple weeks and that's how i like it and then it gives me time to have a month to relax after and then the next two months before we shoot again three month cycles Mm -hmm. um i continue i'm involved in a lot of different networks and i like to travel a lot so like just continuing to meet people that are really cool and interesting and bring them on that's the best way to get leads in my mind like in terms of new clients and stuff like that the best the best clients that i have currently and that are down with the mission Mm -hmm. i guess you could say i met in person yeah you know and it's just it's just different when you're able to connect like you said you can feel that energy you know that you're aligned versus they come through a facebook message or something like that i think it's possible to do over facebook because i mean i met the guy who invested in me into the podcast and mm-hmm. was all online first time i ever met him in person was after we already like made the deal and like we came what? down here so yeah. it's definitely possible mm-hmm. it's just leaning back into how are you doing your marketing is it very authentic are you being yourself mm-hmm. or are you saying the things that you think you should say in the way that you right. think that you're supposed to say them because then it'll reach the person you're meant to stop with all all this headiness like yeah. just drop into your heart and say and speak from here but execute from here a lot of times people we try to think of what we're going to say up here and then we try to make it feel right like we try to go the opposite way around right um and that's when it comes off an authentic versus creating the message from here and then executing it from from your head yeah, I was looking at my analytics the other day yeah. using my head, and uh, <laughs> all my. They all serve a purpose. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, of course. As uh, long as you don't make that like your sole focus, right. yeah. All my highest engagement posts or most activity, um, you know, most engagement is the main number. They were vulnerability posts, you know, posts where I said, "Hey, you know, this is one of the, you know." most struggling times in my life, you know, in terms of my business, you know, my business went from a seven figure business for 13 years to a six figure business this year, you know? And so, and then I was able to like, you know, flip that on its head and talk about things that were going really well, you know, but those were the posts that where I was being vulnerable that it got engagement, you know, and people don't go on social media to get talked to, you know, or to get coached, you know, to a degree. They go on there to be entertained first, yeah. and then if you're able to slide in some value, then and they connect with it, then that's when the engagement goes through the roof in my mind. You know. Yeah, I guess if we're looking at strategy when mark when it comes to marketing, I do like to use the hero's journey mm-hmm. strategy because, like you said, people come to get entertained. People love stories. Yeah, we love stories. Like if you look at like fairy tales and all around the world mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter what culture you look at storytelling has always been a thing because yeah. we just we love stories so learning how to make your marketing a story mm-hmm. and then also if you're doing organic following you are literally the story because they're following you for years they're seeing yeah. your life transform like the version of me three years ago was completely different than the version of me now and i i have people who have followed me for uh for years and 
you know, this person who invested in me, he had been following me for three years. He saw my entire story. Evolution. Yeah. So it's just um, leaning into that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think documenting the journey is a big part of getting that engagement on social media. And then, yeah, you, before you realize it, it's three years later and yeah. you struck a deal because you were your authentic self for three years and you documented the journey, you know? Yeah, so consistency massive. too. Yeah. Always making sure you're showing up consistently on social media. I've been posting, like, I'd say five, at least a minimum of five days a week, one post a day minimum mm-hmm. for the past three years. It's been more like two or three now, post a yeah. day, because uh, now if we're looking at the way things are going, it's more towards quantity, yeah. Um, especially with the AI and all of that. But okay, so yeah. <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit. I think we still got some some a little bit of time here. Yeah. Um, so I was very skeptical of AI when it first came on because I could see it from a mile away. Yeah. You know, I I take pride in my writing, you know, and the copy that I put out there. So. Whenever I would see people using AI, you know, first of all, I could see it in the writing. Yeah. Right away, for sure. I, I knew it was like, okay, that's that's not the way you sound. That's not the way you write. You know, and even people that I didn't know that well, and I, I could point it out, because it does. It, it it's very. Uh, there's no vulnerability. There's no risk in the writing because it's not human. You know what I'm saying? It's just information. Yeah. And it's very high level information. It, it to me, it's like the PC version, right? And so. After playing with it for a couple months now, you know, and creating personas and getting deeper into it, like what what I am most using it for is my marketing. You know, I don't really use it for my long form posts, my personal posts. My team uses it for comments and the podcast um, promos. You know, and so those should be very informative, very high level. You know, not get too deep because you want them to listen to the podcast or watch Mm -hmm. the short. You know, and so. I think it has its its place, but I think we need to maintain our humanness and make sure that if we're putting posts out there, that they are at least the base of the post is written by us. I have it do editing and grammar because I'm terrible at that stuff. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. Yeah, I would say uh, I like to look at AI as I would my personal assistant. It's a free personal assistant. Mm-hmm. So anything you would give to a personal assistant, have it do that. Have it write the emails for you. Have yeah. it respond to Messenger for you. Mm-hmm do all those things it's wonderful now when it comes to marketing you're right like there is some people that be like uh for example write me a post about blah 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 and then yeah. it'll, it'll write it but that's not the right way in my opinion to to use ai so i like to see it as it's giving me more time and space for my creativity mm-hmm. by taking all the the work that i don't really want to do like the grammar that you're talking about yeah. so i still even on my long form posts i will write out my post but then mm. i send it through there i'm like make it better yeah and then it like does its thing and it sounds even better than how i wrote it so i gave it i gave it like 20 articles that i wrote yeah i gave it um basically all the transcribed episodes of the podcast yeah which had my name next to the dialogue i gave it a lot of data and it rewrote some of my uh posts and i still I was still wasn't down with it. I was trying so yeah. hard to like adopt this, you know, I was like, hey, maybe they can engage my audience better than I Have can. Have you split you know? tested it? Does yeah. it does it actually No, it doesn't do well when I split test it. Okay. Yeah, and in it's changing it too much. Like it if there was a way and I've tried this before and it doesn't really work, like I told it only 
you know, make this a more engaging post, but only change it up to 10%. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's figured that part out yet because it ends up changing the whole thing, like yeah. halfway, you know? So that's my, my issue right now. It kind of takes my voice out of it a little bit, uh -huh. you know? And so I'm still playing with it, trying to figure it out because, you know, obviously I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, no, I'm not going to use AI. And then in two years, like, AI yeah. is responsible for 95% of what's on the Internet. Yeah, you know? it's here. You, you got to learn how to use oh, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the thing is, like, when you learn how to use it um, better than everyone else, it gives you that upper edge. Mm -hmm. So there are some other platforms. So, like, I haven't experimented with Jasper, but I know Jasper. Um, yeah. Uh, they came in and they talked to us, and they said that you could even re record your voice, mm -hmm. and they could get your tone of voice and everything yeah i don't know if you've tried that or not no not yet um i know uh jasper is in the phone sites platform so phone sites is like a quick web page builder mm -hmm. but it's mainly used for like a business card okay so you do the tap and it's what pops up right but you can also set up funnels through it mm -hmm. you know and uh it has a jasper feature where it'll write your funnels for you based on the commands that you give it mm -hmm. you know and so I haven't really utilized that too much because I just use it for the, the business card, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then I have uh, Go High Level for our CRM that we use. Now you can use um, ChatGPT's got a function in Go High Level. Yeah. So it's built right into the system, and you can have it. You can even have it write, like, a 16-action automation plan, you know what I'm saying, in terms of, okay, what is the most effective way to follow up with these solar customers, mm -hmm. you know? And it'll write it all out for you within the Go High Level system, which is... All right, now I'm just nerding out, but yeah. No, you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> that was like me talking about the woo-woo stuff and yeah. the carnivore. Like, I'm nerding out. I knew in my head, I'm like, I'm nerding out right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to let him do his thing because yeah. it's fun to nerd out. Yeah. That's like, um, that's just you, like, having fun yeah. talking. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so last two questions. Mm -hmm. I ask these to every guest. Uh, what does legacy mean to you, and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Legacy, what that means to me. Um, that means, you know, leaving this world a better place than when I entered it. And what do I want to leave behind is, um, it's really that. It's, mm -hmm. it's really um, spreading as much love as possible while I can and making, bringing my difference to the world, mm -hmm. the purpose that I'm meant to, to bring here and continue that work all the way up until my death, you know. And don't forget, coaching world leaders. Yeah. Yeah, you put it out there. It's going to be there. I already know. <laughs> I, okay, so I actually did end up meeting a world leader okay. uh, recently. He actually was, I had this uh, person come onto my podcast to record an episode, and he was like a celebrity. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of funny because he like came in with a whole camera crew. I was like, "Whoa! Like, what's going on here?" I'm like, yeah. "Okay, I wasn't ready for this. Let me yeah. get it all, you know." And um, in his like little entourage mm -hmm. was this political leader um, from from Pakistan. Okay. So, and we really hit it off, and we were chatting. So, I already know that building that bond there, that friendship there, is just yeah. a gateway of like starting to work into other countries and leaders and, mm -hmm. and talk to them. And I'm just rolling with it. I'm not forcing anything because I know right. it's going to come to me as it should. And it might not be a right now thing, but it, it's, it's there. Yeah, absolutely. I feel it in my body. I think uh, that's the way to approach it too. Yeah. Any time 
because because most of these people that are in the limelight, right? They're used to people like sucking up to them and wanting to a relationship with them and building them up and all that stuff. And if you just act like you're like you said, your authentic self, mm-hmm. they're either going to be attracted to that and do business with you or put you on somehow, or they're going to not be attracted to that. And then you just dodge a bullet anyways, you know, whereas if you force the situation, you may force yourself into something you don't even want, you know? So I think that's I feel like if if someone's not attractive, attracted to you being your authentic self, Mm -hmm. there's something in your character that they're seeing as a mirror that's reflecting something back to them. Mm -hmm. And they're responding in fear towards you. And I feel like that goes for a lot of people who just, like, when they say, oh, this person's just hating or whatever, right? It's like, no, they're actually seeing something in your character that's reflecting back to them, and they're feeling uh, insecure insecure about that. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I... It doesn't matter where you are in life. We we are all the same. I used (laughs) to... uh, Every now and then I'll get memories from like 12 years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was that guy. <laughs> I was the one doing all the political stuff and everything. Yeah. You know, I was 26 years old. I knew everything, right? <laughs> 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 all right. Um, well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, giving us actual executable value that I feel like salespeople and business leaders in general can use. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. It was an honor to be here. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Be sure to execute on everything that you just heard and let's get building. Before we sign off, we'd like to invite you to join our Brickyard community. Head on over to jointhebrickyard.com. Again, that's jointhebrickyard.com or click the link in the description to find out more.